0: What's up, fam, and welcome to the Most of the Normal Gamers podcast, episode 70. We are recording on Tuesday, October 20th, 2020, and I'm one of your hosts, John Swanson. Joining me today is the sleepless
1: sternum, Chris. How you doing, man? I'm getting by. I'm slowly but surely fixing my sleep schedule after two overnights last week. Um, oh, man. So.
0: Yeah, I know it's rough when you
1: don't do it regularly. Well, and it wasn't even uh, like back to back or anything. It was oh, that's the uh, worst. Sporadic, like I think I did Sunday into Monday and Tuesday into Wednesday or Wednesday into Thursday. Time is meaningless, as I say yeah. many times on this podcast. Um, well, yeah, uh, but I'm back on my feet and back on the podcast. So, <laughs> right on. I'm glad to be here,
0: dude. I in December coming up, I have a few night shifts to work in the pharmacy and like. I work one and then don't for like four days and then work two more for some reason.
1: Oh gosh, I'm already I've never done it before
0: when it's not like sequential. So I'm very much not looking forward to that. So I feel your pain. It takes a while to get back. But anyway, this week we, aside from our sleep schedules and how (laughs) erratic they are, we will be discussing our uh, first looks at the PS5 UI. Um, take two interactive just doesn't seem to get the message from their fans, or might it be that they just don't give a shit? Anyway, that's what we'll be discussing this week, as well as some other things that uh, came down the pipe. Um, to get to the lowdown, if you want to be part of the conversation, or if you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, please reach us at MN Gamers Podcast on Twitter. If you don't have Twitter, you can send an email the old school way podcast at mostly normal And then uh, feel free to go over to our website, mostlynormalgamers.com and check it out. And you can sign up for our newsletter, which we've been doing like monthly, um, a monthly newsletter with like three articles, one from each of us regarding like gaming or what we've been playing and stuff like that. I wrote about uh, the Mario 3d all-stars collection this last month chris i
1: think did you write about um why is it's not i reviewed to... final fantasy 7 remake and oh gotcha I, when gabe was on he was complimenting how short and easy to digest the newsletter was and then i was like haha gabe nice now i'm going to write an incredibly long <laughs> review <laughs> and also aj reviewed hades which was longer so it, it made a longer read this uh, this month, but uh, that is one of the it's fun activities that I did towards the end of my first overnight, and I managed to get it published in time to go out on Monday.
0: Nice, nice, oh, man. nothing like your state of sleepless delirium to help you work through a video game review.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, just in terms of like formatting everything and coming up with oh, gotcha. snappy uh subheads for the pictures and <laughs> uh, all of that stuff it just get loopy and do what, the work
0: as always you did a great job man
1: well i appreciate that i hope everyone spreads that around i'm really proud of that one in particular i think we did some good writing there so
0: yeah i would agree um and i like i like i don't know what about you but i like flexing that muscle Uh, occasionally I was never like a journalist or anything, obviously, but I loved creative writing in high school and college. So it's nice to like have a way, an outlet for that now. So, um, I, I really enjoy
1: it. It's definitely something that I had to kick the rust off of the old, uh, (laughs) what what was it before it was VG occasion? I don't know. My old Tumblr, (laughs) uh, Rusty sternum. Oh yeah. Too, too true. I don't know. It's been a long time since I was trying to write a daily video game blog.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, like most skills, you get better with, like, after you wipe off the the dust and start practicing again, you get better as
1: you go along. For sure. Uh, well, speaking of wiping off the dust, uh, you, it seems like you're wiping the dust off of your 3ds lately. What's going on there?
0: Yeah, man. I, I sent you a message earlier this week, thanking you for, uh, encouraging me to go back to Link Between Worlds, which is on the, I have a 2DS, um, so it's on the 2DS, 3DS family of systems. Uh, what a great game, man. And I, I finally finished it. Um, I think I had like 15 or 16 hearts, so I wasn't necessarily a completionist on it, but, um, what a fantastic top-down Zelda game, man. I, I don't know really what else to say about it. It, um, I, they just are so good at making Zelda games, man. Uh, it's it's exactly what I want in a Zelda game, where you're going through dungeons and um, picking up upgrades and stuff. Except for this one, you're going in between a High Rule and Low Rule, um, which is like Bizarro World High Rule, um, and that's yeah, like, like the name, like
1: backwards place it's like they named the dark world from link to the past right like it's yeah really really it's the game's almost like an an homage to link to the past i think in a lot of ways
0: yeah that's what i've heard which i haven't ever played link to the past all the way through i need to do that too john
1: oh i know I know, i know you have it you own it if you have switch online
0: i know and i've started it and i have a super nintendo mini or whatever it's called so i have, you have no excuse to not copies play it. of it yeah for sure so I, I will get back to it um oh my goodness it's just a matter of when but uh this was just a fantastic way to play it i think i've heard it does do a lot with the 3d aspect of the 3ds system so i was kind of disappointed i didn't get to utilize that functionality
1: yeah it really um, stands out when you're doing the sequences where you turn into the two d piece of art on the walls like it's just like really interesting to be like this game is a three d game with three d like i mean it it's overhead, but it's still like the art is three d and then you snap into yeah. two dimensions when you're against the walls so it like really amplified that feeling of the difference between the two
0: yeah exactly and this one is also different because rather than earning the your weapons um through like dungeon encounters and stuff, uh, you actually get them. You can buy them theoretically right at the beginning of the game, for the most part, from this companion that basically visits you and the one who gives you the item that in which you use to transition between like a 2D and 3D self or whatever. Um, but you can upgrade them through finding the Mylamu or Mylamay whatever they're called, babies strewn across the land um, and make them more powerful, which is kind of cool. And I don't know, like I said, it's the same Zelda formula and they always seem to find ways to fiddle with it just slightly where it makes it so much different yet still the same. And I find that fascinating that they've done that for like 35 years now, you know?
1: Yeah, it's super rad that like even just like a slightly different take on the same format can really make it like stand out and be interesting and fun. And they always seem to come up with the best possible slightly different take. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is there so a was, dungeon in particular that like stood out to you as really, really fun or your favorite one from. Oh
0: Man, I'm trying to think back, not like right off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I'd probably have to like go back and, or, see a list of them to enable in order to recount like what exactly they were. Um, so not that I can think of off the top of my head, definitely not the first one I know. And then, yeah, there's, there's some, I can always remember the things that bother me more than the things that I enjoy. It seems like, so for sure. <laughs> some people call that pessimism. I don't know. Or just,
1: um, uh, critical thinking. <laughs> yeah, Exactly.
0: Um and then to your point uh a friend let me borrow a, a long time ago when I bought this 2DS system uh Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon and I found that copy and last year I want to say around this time I was playing Luigi's Mansion 3 on the Switch and uh you know it being Halloween and me being a big wuss when it comes to actual scary things uh, this is perfect for me, man, because this is like right in the wheelhouse of like spooky type of Halloween stuff that I enjoy where it's like kitty, but like spooky. And it's like, it's the one of the most charming games that that word keeps coming to my head as I'm playing it because like Azure Luigi, like he's shaking out of fear <laughs> at these like playful ghosts that are around him. And like occasionally he'll, hum the theme song like as it's playing in the background
1: which this is is just like another so great 3ds banger um that i adored uh back okay so i'm really glad to hear that you're checking it out um yeah yeah they put so much character into him just through his animations and his like tentativeness And especially, like, I don't know, the audio for it being a 3DS game is so good. Like, the audio design is is so smart.
0: I was thinking about that, man, because, you know, like, 8-bit audio, uh, these cartridges have lasted forever, you know? Like, the format, and I know the, like, NES format is different than the FPGA format that they used on, like, the Genesis, and that's different, like, considerably so than what we have now on the switch but i still find it fascinating that uh on the little cartridge that you pop into this like handheld system that sound can come out of there you know what i mean because it's it's very ethereal and i'm sure if i was wearing headphones i'm not saying it would be like 3d audio but i'm pretty sure it would be like some variation of stereo that's seems more like a 5.1 or something like that. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Just so, having you I, say that he whistles the theme song now has the Luigi's mansion theme song in my head. Oh, I'm I'd love, it's I'd so love good, man. It's
0: so good. And he does it like as a, like way of calming himself. You know what I mean? Like he's looking around with his flashlight and stuff and then he's like mm-hmm. like it's it's great. Yeah. I love it. It's delightful. So I'm looking forward. To, yeah that's exactly how I would explain it. So I'm looking forward to playing a lot more of that and then I was playing uh squadrons star wars squadrons on my playstation this weekend um in vr with the control stick and I'm Getting a little bit better at that game, man, but it's, uh, there are a ton of different control inputs and Mm -hmm. figuring out how to do everything with that HOTAS flight stick is, uh, it's something else, man. Like, I feel like if I stepped away from that game for like two days, which I did or have, I going back into it, it's going to be like starting all over again because there's so much there, so many systems on your x-wing or
1: tie fighter or whatever and just i just to track of yeah for sure and i can i, just I ask started a question this has been hours. on my mind because you know the hotas support is like a big thing that people are really hyped about for that what is it like using that setup in virtual reality like how does it map because my understanding of what vr in squadrons is is that you have basically a cockpit in front of you with all kinds of like TIE fighter or X-Wing specific levers and pulleys or whatever, like a train whistle or whatever. How does the experience of using that joystick physically map onto the virtual reality experience of like being inside of a cockpit that maybe doesn't match up one-to-one?
0: Yeah, it definitely doesn't uh, match up one-to-one, but it does have like a control stick and uh i think even the accelerator on the side so that like the two basic things kind of match up you know like the joystick and the accelerator or whatever um i think those two things if i remember at least in the x-wing and a-wing line up okay but of course the buttons don't match up the same but it doesn't since you're in vr it doesn't really break your immersion because And you're not frequently looking down you know at your controls you're just like you look at them maybe when you sit in it to gain admiration for the fact that you're like virtually flying an x-wing which is something you probably dreamt about as a kid yeah um but then after that you don't really pay a ton of attention to it but it it is cool what information is given to you on your heads-up display and stuff that uh you can just Analyzes as, as if you're looking around a regular cockpit you know
1: mm-hmm. do you cool. remember the game and i had to cheat and google search to remember the name of it steel battalion uh
0: i know i've heard it before but i don't remember it
1: so that was like the xbox mech game where you had the enormous like double joystick oh full s- flips and switches controller yep yep And I just need Microsoft to go all in on VR, although apparently it's from a Capcom game. But like Capcom needs to resurrect this series in virtual reality and map one to one the switches and buttons and stuff on their massive controller into VR. So you're literally like seeing your character do what your hands are doing, but have it. Oh, my God. And it's like an Xbox original Xbox game, so like you could probably have it. In, like you could just do a re-release and port it to VR, right? Because that's how video games work and how video game development I think so. Works. Yeah. yeah, but yep. like it could, it could be the exact game in VR. Like the visual fidelity would be equally bad, or well, old <laughs> I think it was back in the day. But anyway, yeah. sorry. I just like oh, and it. <laughs> I pulled the box up, and it has three pedals. It's got a three. I know. I saw that. Oh, my God.
0: Sorry. Your robot has a clutch, apparently.
1: Yeah. Anyways, I just like, like I love this idea of like it's like when, um, you know, you get the gun peripheral for VR. Um, I don't remember what this one specifically for PSVR is called um, or like when people have the treadmill that lets you run in 360 degrees, like the circular treadmill thing. Um, I just love the idea of like bringing physical stuff into virtual reality to like amplify it. Um, yeah. Anyways, sorry. That was a huge side side tangent.
0: (laughs) Well, no, you know, what's awesome is I can't remember if it's valve or, uh, Oculus or who's doing the like research, but my friend and I were talking about how we wish they had like gloves, you know? Oh, you could for just, sure. They could put that stuff in front of you kind of like the controller that you're talking about. They could just virtually put that in front of you and it would be able to see what your hands are doing. And they've taken it a step above, man. It's not gloves. It's just going to be nothing. It's going to be the inside out tracking is so reliable in what it sees that it can tell what your fingers are doing and what they're touching virtually. For sure. So, then we're just missing like the feedback mechanism for us to even know that we're like touching something. Which yeah. Sure I think is... about
1: that Res body suit that they put out when Res was put in VR. Uh, yeah. And they didn't put it out, but I think uh, press was able to like play around with their like full immersion body suit. Yeah. And like, Im- imagine having like, n- if you have good enough inside out tracking, but like you could have the gloves just to have like that force feedback feeling. Like imagine that they had, wiring into them and they could like give you the feeling of like pressure or like, you know, prevent you from fully closing your hand. So like, it's like you have a joystick in your hand because you can't close your grip all the way. And right. it's like pushing back. That'd be really rad.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's all just a matter of time at this point, man. We might not live to see it, but somebody will,
1: and it'll be cool. It already is cool. That's the beauty. True. Of
0: it. True. Uh, Well, that's pretty much all I've been playing. Uh, I haven't played any Hades this week, but it looks like you have.
1: How far are you? I am no further than I was two weeks ago. (laughs) Um, I keep making it to the final. I mean, I don't keep making it to the final boss. I've made it like four or five times at this point. Um, And I think I'm closing in on more than 30 runs at this point. And I am starting to get frustrated because I just cannot crack this nut. And there's so many people posting like their, you know, 10th run uh, finishes with their like high level end game builds that they're able to make. And I, I don't know, I think I'm just bad at video games. And so that's what's holding me back. But there's definitely a feeling of not getting a strong enough build by the time I get to uh, the boss of the third area. And just like, I don't know, I'm hitting a wall, which is frustrating but i still love it i just want of the to... third area or the fourth area because you got past elysium right oh i have i just i'm even like hitting a wall there now on some of my runs oh that gotcha and initially when i was being like really successful which made me think yeah. that it was just i had a better build at those times that allowed me to kind of get past that fight without as much trouble yeah
0: yeah i don't know man i i it's it is a lot of luck of the draw as far as what your build is as you go through it and then what you're focusing on i think if i do make it back to that game i think i will try to beat as much of it with each different type of weapon so that i can upgrade the one that i like with the uh what is it called the blood that you get the The titan Titan blood blood. that you get Mm -hmm. yeah and then kind of go from there i've only I don't even know what you can do with the diamonds once you get past one. I just have gotten the one, I think so. Mm-hmm. uh But yeah, I don't know. I think maybe that's part of the, part of the intrigue about this game, I think, is the fact that it, there are multiple different ways in which to approach it. And it's not just what your weapon is or exactly what your build is, but, um, just the ways you go about mixing and matching all of the different aspects of it um, kind of determine how well you're going to fare as you go through because and I do think that some of the weapons and uh, upgrades are or boons as they're referred to are different have different benefits on different levels you know you might find that one is uh, great for the first area but for Tarsus or whatever but then once you get to whatever the area after that's called like it doesn't really uh play as well as it did as in the previous uh zone so it makes it kind of difficult
1: yeah i think i'm almost at the point of like looking at like how to do an op like looking up a fact just to like know what the optimal way to build it is not in the sense of like, oh, like only use this God's boons in your run, but more of like, so if I've picked up like two or three different blessings from certain gods, should I then switch to going after the pomegranates to level those up? Or should I keep going after different new gods to come, just start piling on these abilities on top of one another? Cause there's a point at which you sort of have to either, you know, you'll be presented by a bunch of boons and say the boon, you already have a boon for your dash and you're presented with another one that you like better. Do you take that one and replace the other one that you've already maybe invested stuff in, or do you just kind of commit, you know, and I don't know what works best.
0: Yeah. I don't really either. And I've, I've caught myself on that one too. I know exactly what you're talking about with like going to upgrade versus getting a new power or when you reach the end of a level or after you beat a, a boss, of an area you can trade in some of the boons you have or all of the boons that you have for cash. And I'm just like, I'm the type of person where I'm just, once I've invested in something, it's too hard for me to like back out of it. I I'm someone who almost never respects in a game, you Mm -hmm. know? So, uh, and that's probably part of my downfall when it comes to this game, because I feel like you have to be willing to take some of those chances in order to successfully complete, some of the runs so
1: for sure but it's a good I, game it i really still love it and it's kind of become part of this like comfortable rotation of games that i've fallen into where like maybe i'll try one or two runs of it while i have some downtime at home and then i'm playing good sudoku still it's been like uninterrupted like every morning i try and do the different dailies in good sudoku um I check in on blaze ball every so often, although not as much as I used to. I've like completely lost the thread on what happened in the game. Apparently they killed God. I was <laughs> just going to say that, <laughs> um, but I kind something, of, like some guy named marijuana, something, marijuana, something. Don, Dom, Dom did, Mar- I, I Dominic know. marijuana, I think is, his yeah, there's a pitcher. There Um yeah. But they killed the peanut God. Um, so I'm not completely (laughs) lost, but I'm a little bit lost. Um, but I picked up, um, Halo master chief collection again, which has been kind of a game that I've gone back to a few times this year in a way that I really wouldn't have expected and, uh, just jumped on to play some multiplayer with my, uh, childhood best friend. Um, and he said in one of the matches that we were playing of, I think team slayer, if we lose this game, we have to play Halo one single player. And we lost, so so we switched to playing co-op in Halo One's story mode, um, and cleared the first two levels on Legendary together, and it was super awesome. So now we're gonna have that kind of like sounds awesome. We're gonna have a standing date to like go play through the campaign, co-op and shoot the shed and shoot nice. <laughs> grunts.
0: <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. What was that aspect of the game available on the Xbox originally? I don't think it was. Was it
1: well Couch co-op? Couch co-op, yes. But, oh, okay. Uh, the original Halo not online, would not have had online. Halo yeah. 2 had split screen campaign. I don't even want to, I'll go fail this memory test, so I'm not even going to go there. But um, <laughs> but I think this is a good opportunity because I I literally joked with him, oh man, I'm so excited for my Xbox Series X so that I can play this amazing launch game halo one with you in co-op and then uh not two days later today and this is going to be my uh not so subtle transition to news uh so if we want to pause for some news music here So back to my not-so-subtle transition. Today, uh, they announced that Master Chief Collection is going to be optimized for Xbox Series X. Who could have guessed? <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, but I, I think that's awesome. I'm glad to see that they're supporting this. I'm really impressed to see like the way that Master Chief Collection has had long-term support and investment from... 343 to kind of like get it to the place that it needs to be and now i think even get it to be like an amazing collection and remaster of games um so not quite at launch but the week after on november 17th um they're going to be pushing out a big update to help optimize it for series x and series s that's awesome man i yeah
0: yeah, i've never played anything but three and a bit of four or five I can't really remember three and four I love three um three
1: is really really good
0: yeah that's when I got I think I was at the time that was one of the few games that was out that I was actually good at um I could actually compete in like online play versus like years of war at the time I think was out around the same time and I was terrible at that game but Mm -hmm. um this we pulled this uh, from Mike Miotti over at GamesBeat, and
1: uh, there's a missing we, N in there. We pulled it from Mike Minotti at GamesBeat. Mike Minotti, Beat. Uh, that's my bad typo. Um, it's all good, but uh, it does. They
0: did say it was going to run up to 120 frames per second, and I know you and I had talked about this a while ago like the things that are necessary to run at 120 frames per second, I believe you do need HDMI 2.1, which if your TV is like older than a year, uh, it probably doesn't have that.
1: Yeah, right? It, 2.1 is like a brand new standard. So um, yeah. the really, really high-end TVs from 2019 have it, like the C9 LG OLED, which is their like top of the line OLED TV, um, yeah. And so that was <laughs> the TVs that I was like, oh man, like I'm really tempted to get this 2.1 stuff. Um, I think the thing that is encouraging for me is, um, that they're going to have it be in full 4k on the series X. Um, and I'm perfectly content with 4k 60 for now, but the requirements to get you to that 120 hurt, you know, 120 um fps play on tv is a pretty expensive tv right now so this is kind of like future proofing it to me
0: yeah i agree and i i think it's really cool it's just unfortunate that i i think that's kind of mixed in the messaging to me because i feel like a lot of this stuff is being pushed forward like oh it's going to run at 4k and 120 frames per second or 2k in 120 frames per second and it's like yeah but <laughs> like that's going to apply to like one percent of people out there who own a brand new 4k or 8k tv that with hdmi 2.1 and am i do you have to have a can you just use any old hdmi cable or can i do you have to buy like an uh different hdmi cable I believe you know?
1: it would have to be a new HDMI cable that supports yeah. the standard. Is it, um, I think it's like a, a specific like speed of data transfer that they need to do gotcha. to be able to support yeah. it. Um, so yeah, it's just, I mean, and I'm I'm with
0: you. I think it's awesome and it's great that they're like future proofing it, but I just feel like it's it's just kind of like not really as relevant as people think it is you know what I mean? At
1: right now anyway. For sure. And I think this to me signals that they will also be looking at if these optimizations don't already exist in the PC version. Um, I think PC gamers are much used to those high frame rates and high refresh rate monitors and things Mm. like that's been a thing in the PC gaming realm for a much longer time than it has been. Like, it's not a thing right now until because next gen still hasn't started. Um, Right. But uh, I think that's something that maybe PC players on the Master Chief collection are going to be able to look forward to and be excited about. Um, For sure. And dude, the other thing is, I just like, so then if you have a like high power
0: PC with a G Sync or a Free Sync monitor, that is capable of these high speeds, isn't that connected by just an HDMI cable? It's not connected by an HDMI 2.1. Cause that's those two things have been around for a long time. I don't know. I guess I just need to do more research on all this. Uh,
1: yeah. And I'm definitely like not the person to ask about the PC questions. <laughs>
0: well, do you see what I'm saying? Do you see my conundrum here? Cause if you have a free sync or a G sync monitor, that's capable of these, High speeds, high frame rates, and high performance—it's most likely like connected by a just regular D- HDMI cable, right? I don't know. The last I time know. I
1: stared at the back of a gaming PC um, was never. So. Well, I didn't
0: hear the words HDMI 2.1 until like three months ago. So, and I feel like I would have heard that by now if it was something that was standard on a PC,
1: but. For sure. No, it's like, a, it just... is a new standard in terms of like the HDMI board of regents. Often the land of high definition media playback decided that 2.1 was ready for the world recently. <laughs> The governance committee of. Yes, quite literally the HDMI governance committee came through and was like, they're ready now.
0: Mm. Suckers. They didn't see what 2020 had coming.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I Uh, I mean, it's, I think I'm encouraged to see them support this. I'm excited that it's something that like, I'm going to be the first person to admit, I don't think there's a strong launch lineup for the Xbox Series X. Um, yeah. but I am glad that a game that I'm already playing right now will be even better come less than a month from now.
0: Yeah. Which is very cool, man. And I don't, yeah, I'm not trying to like besmirch it or say that's not cool, but I just am not sure how relevant the 120 frames per second, because we can't even get 60 frames per second standard on anything right now, you know, little except for a PC, but here's the for thing, sure. dude, is I bought a, I bought a new, uh, NVMe M.2 drive for my laptop Oh gosh. that I have to go over to Micro Center and have them install because I watched a YouTube video on how to install it and it's far too complex for somebody like me to touch. <laughs> and I'm going to ask those guys what the fuck is going on, like how all this stuff works. So next week I might have uh, more information on how this all like makes sense in the computer world, but yet in the console world, we have to worry about this HDMI Wait, 2.1 but, business.
1: But John, John, I thought you said that you don't have a background in reporting. I thought you said you're not a journalist. This is field reporting. You're about to do for the podcast. You're about to go out Dude, and report back with the facts. Here's the thing, man. John
0: Swanson's capable of fucking anything he puts his mind to. And turns out maybe I'm a journalist. I don't know. Starting to write an about shit. Now I'm going to do investigative journalism. Who knows?
1: I'm really looking forward to the write-up on this trip. (laughs) In the next Mostly Normal Monthly. I want some schematics and diagrams.
0: Steve from Micro Center in St. Louis Park said, and I quote, Shout out to to that next month. Steve's dropping
1: the gems of knowledge for us and our listeners.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Um well, that's enough about Xbox. How about we talk about PlayStation for a little bit? Please do. Uh, did you happen to catch the PS5 user, user not user interface. It's the UX now, the user
1: experience? I feel like that's I, what it's that's I literally just experienced that before recording. I I jumped on and watched the 12-minute Sony PS5 oh, nice. video just to get caught up on it and I'd seen stuff trickle out from like coverage of this video, but I wanted to see what it looked like in action.
0: Yeah. What did anything in particular stick out to you?
1: The vibe of it is just so much that they want to bring everything under their umbrella. Does that make sense? Like it does. They're like, Oh, Wikipedia, like game wikis, game FAQs, game walkthrough videos. We'll handle that. You don't have to look out other places for that. Um, social media, we have your favorite friends all put together in a party now. Share the picture to them. Don't share it to Twitter. No one needs to see it on Twitter. Just share it to them. Um you know, I I think it's really interesting and as a person who doesn't really have a huge investment in PS4 or you know, PlayStation online friends. I don't know how much use it would give to me, but it definitely feels like they're trying to bring things in house as much as possible.
0: Yeah. And I, I completely agree with you. I, it kind of troubles me from, a the standpoint of, I do like, like a lot of the people out there that make videos. I mean, there are people who make a living off of this, you know what I mean? Or at least make some money off of this and they've turned it into either secondary or primary income Mm -hmm. and uh you have people out there like i'm trying to think like psn trophies or uh god i can't think of the name right now there's just a few of them out there where they've certainly made like a lot of really great content that i've relied on in being a a trophy chaser and you know millions of other people have also and even though although i like the fact that it's going to be basically built in to the PlayStation interface like in directly right there i really hope that they partner with these people to do this rather than
1: just like take their content away it's i think it's like a big discussion to have right like does sony contract those people in are they like the they're not going to be out there building their like ps4 trophies brand anymore if they were abroad in-house right Um, right but it looks like it was up to developers to do those walkthrough videos i don't know if they're able to solicit them from the community either um i think it could be really damaging to have it be communities i mean damaging is the wrong word but for ps4 trophies or whatever those you know people who are making their income off of this like i feel like if they reach out and like people from the community can just put an upload of their um uh, you know it, the example they had was in Sackboy's big adventure and they said how do you get to this part of the level and it just literally shows you a video of Sackboy walking along the path to get to the thing and so yeah that seems like something where like i mean we can go doomsday and there could probably be a world where because the PlayStation is constantly recording your video footage in the short term, they could just get your permission in a EULA and crowdsource it against people's will. Um, but now right, I'm getting into right. like some doomsday level stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's sad is I, that's like exactly where I was going to go with it dude. It is like, I don't know how doomsday that is, and I think we're already existing in doomsday. So, I mean, this would just add to the craziness, I guess. But I And I mean, I'm sure people would uh, freak out about that, too, if that is what they, in fact, did. But that's exactly what I thought when I saw it. I was like, that just looks like somebody's gameplay that had played this game. And Sony saw that they were playing this point that I'm playing right now. And they recorded it and now they're offering it to me as like a, you know,
1: as a hint video or whatever. And if it wasn't going to like wipe out an entire field of entertainment slash it's almost like edutainment when it's like giving you a a walkthrough like that. But like if it wasn't going to just destroy the walkthrough industry as a whole, that's almost kind of cool, right? Like yeah, I don't care if they like, if it doesn't even have my voiceover or anything, if it's literally just, here's a clip of someone doing the thing you're trying to do, that's yep. kind of brilliant in a gross way. But I, I, I don't want to like encourage that. Cause I think there are people who do make amazing work out of this. I mean, the wiki team over at IGN is like a breeding ground for new writing talent. That's one of the, you know,
0: yep.
1: writing facts is one of the ways that people break into the games industry in a lot of places um, yeah absolutely
0: i i feel like i would have thought this was really cool if they launched it with ps4 because i don't think that that part of the games industry was as big as it is now um but with with the expanse of not only streamers but people like making this type of content like i really hope they don't wipe them from the earth for lack of a better way to put it, I guess. Yeah.
1: And, um, I feel like I went very, very narrow right at the start there, but that was the number one thing on my mind watching it. I think I want to hear what you think as like a person it's my understanding is like you pretty much primarily play on PS4. So like, what are you seeing in terms of changes that are exciting for you? Cause I think there is a lot of changes coming here and I want to hear like how you think, you'll benefit from it or how you think it'll change the way you use your PlayStation.
0: So that way is probably one of them. Uh, you know, having those right down at the bottom of your screen, like, I mean, I don't like that it potentially could like wipe out a like sub part of the industry, but having it right there at your fingertips is pretty badass. Um, also the progression Percentages and time remaining in certain goals, I think, is really cool, because you could, you know, in like checklist type games like Assassin's Creed and shit, like you can just look and see, oh, I have ten minutes, I have time to do this before I go do whatever. You know what I mean? Which is, it's it's kind of like the Kindle when you're reading a chapter in a book and it says you have twenty-eight minutes. remaining in this chapter it's like oh well i don't have time to read this chapter right now i'm gonna have to come back to it later or whatever yeah like i do uh like that aspect
1: the vo in the video made it sound like somehow that's like adjusted to your play style or like a based off of you personally and not some like generic thing but it's hard to tell.
0: i know and that's that's why i likened it to the kindle thing because kindle supposedly does the same thing but it seems like it would be it's obviously easier to do for a book to or a e-reader to calculate how frequently you turn a page versus what your play style is like in this uh you know platformer game to determine how long it's going to take you to do this goal or complete this goal you know what i mean it's just yeah, kind of interesting um, the other thing i didn't see would they they showed quicker zoom into that game that was loaded um, but then they showed transition to a new game, which did load fast, but they didn't specify whether or not you could quick resume between games. So that was one thing that was lacking, uh, at least from their explanation. They did yeah. say at the end of the video that they'll be back soon with more like insights into the UI and stuff. But I know, or we had heard that Xbox is um, going to have allow you to have several games open, but we're not sure about the PlayStation yet, so... Yet and to be that's determined.
1: definitely not something I've heard in there. Like, like I feel like Quick Resume is like a push from Microsoft. Like, I I don't yeah. I wouldn't have assumed that PS Five was copying that while designing the system without knowing about it necessarily. Right. Um,
0: and I, I that kind of troubles me because I I really want that feature. <laughs> quick resume between numerous games would be badass.
1: Yeah. I, the things that stood out to me are really basic things. Um, the first thing is I love that they have the two tabs for games and media. I already like try to organize my systems that way. So it's really awesome to have it be super clean and at the top and have it split up that way. Um, yeah. I also think the redesign of the store, even though they didn't go in in-depth to it looks way better than it does on the PS4. Um, I always felt weird that it had to like basically load a web browser from the looks of things in the PS4 for you to do the store on PS4. Um, It's, and I also like as a Xbox user, like there's been overlays over the game that you're playing for. Like if you press the Xbox button, it pulls the side menu over now and you can like interact with stuff and then send it back. And so it's really cool to see Sony do their version of kind of like keeping the gameplay on screen even when you're navigating the menu Um, yeah that is cool i really like this i think they were calling it like the command center or the control center probably the control center where when you hit the playstation button it looks like it just pops a little really small like narrow band almost like um the dock on a computer um towards the bottom and it gives you access to like the full menu interface as if you were on the home screen, but it all the while has your gameplay in the background. And then it has, um, these kind of cards that pop up along the top of that dock, um, that show you the different activities that you can be doing at and the progress in them and recent captures of, you know, video or stuff for you to share out. Um, it, I don't love the The design of the cards as like the interface for that. But I really like the little small dock at the bottom. And I like that it like keeps the gameplay up front and center.
0: Yeah. I completely Um, agree. I do. It makes you like, instead of having, I know they don't call it the cross media bar anymore, but I'll probably always call it it that. Like, it kind of tucks that up in the corner. So it's a little bit more like your theme or whatever it is that you have, or if it's gameplay in the background, it kind of keeps that more salient, you know? Um, Which Mm -hmm. I kind of like that because I feel like it's a waste of like a theme if it just kind of
1: obfuscates what you're doing, you know what I mean? Yeah, the screen real estate, it really like, it's like there's like a still image of gameplay in the background and then it's like layering over the top all of these different interaction points. Um, I don't know how that would interact with themes. Um, One of the stories that I thought about throwing on here was um, Sony putting out a free PS4 black lives matter theme. um, And that theme looks really, really good. Like the design is is really beautiful. Um, It's just like clean black and yellow and like all of the iconography changes to black and yellow. Um, And it has the black power fist at the bottom I don't know if it's called the Black Lives Matter fist now. I feel like it, I sound stupid, but um, it looks really great. And it let me go through and block a bunch of people in the comments of the Twitter posts about it. Um, oh, nice. really bought, brought the worst of everyone out of the woodwork. Um, so, um, But I, I would wonder, like, because it seems like this user interface experience on the PS5 is all about keeping a big image of the game in the background. And so I don't yeah. know how that would... I mean, maybe there's a way to like change what it looks like with a new theme and maybe that like overrides that, but I don't
0: know. Or maybe themes aren't a thing anymore. Who knows? We'll find out. Hopefully they'll let us know more before it comes out here in a few weeks,
1: but I guess we'll see. Um, What is it? Like three, three and a half?
0: The 12th. So like three weeks from today, right? I think it's like a Tuesday or a Thursday. Or a Friday. I think it's a Thursday. So yeah, like three weeks from Thursday. It's wild. Yep. Uh next up on the PS5 front, we have uh there was some uh disconcertion. I don't think that's a word, but I just made it up. Um there were some people kind of perturbed about the uh they did just recently upgrade to a eight point on the ps4 and this did a number of things but i think most notably it changed the party settings so that like if you say chris you and i were playing a game and we wanted to invite aj in we'd have to like create a new party we couldn't just invite him to our party Hmm. um which kind of is stupid if you think about it like for sure. Why wouldn't That's... you just be able to invite somebody to the party? But the, I think they're trying to streamline things. And as someone who plays mainly uh, offline single player games, I don't really give a shit, so it doesn't really affect me that much. Um, but one of the things that did came come out, and uh, we pulled this article from ONS Good over at Polygon, um, and. Yeah. People were speculating that PS5 was actively listening to you because also with this update um, came the idea that PlayStation would be able to monitor and um, more accurately like ban people or uh, from a game or from PSN for a while based on like toxic comments, which we know are far too prevalent in the online gaming space um but apparently that's not what playstation is doing apparently they're not recording things that you say unless like you are able to record it and then send it to them with a complaint i guess is kind of how they phrased it as the intention behind it so when you have those people that you encounter um with toxic thoughts that they feel uh emboldened by their anonymity to say out loud uh you can send it on to playstation and have them banned or whatever which i think is cool and i think it's weird it's taken this long for us to get to this point but um any thoughts on that one chris
1: um the thing that stood out to me is the quotes kind of explaining it of um if a ps5 player needs to file a harassment port report They'll be able to include up to a 40 second long voice chat clip in the report, 20 seconds of the main conversation with the other player, plus an additional 10 seconds before and after the conversation selection, um, said Jensen, who's the representative from Sony. Um, Only the most recent five minutes of a voice chat will be available to use for the reporting function. So they're going to have kind of the way that they're always recording gameplay of your PlayStation 5 games they're going to have a five minute running voice chat log for you to go back to if someone starts harassing you or using slurs or whatever that you can then edit down to submit for the reporting function it's really slick but there's no way to opt out of the voice recording which kind of feels like a weird privacy thing but I'm not an attorney
0: I guess I'm never yeah it does and you're not wrong but i mean so i was watching your gameplay i guess that's kind of like voyeurism i guess but i'm I'm sure like you said earlier they're just gonna bury it in a eula somewhere and i don't it doesn't bother me i'm not like huge on privacy not that i want people like watching me through my window or anything but i also don't feel like i'm saying anything one profound or two offensive so i don't really mind that much you know Sure. And I think we have to find a way to battle this toxic community because it's too prevalent, man and like one of the reasons I don't play online games is for that specifically if people just drop racist or um, sexist comments without just very flippantly and that the mindset of Being able to do that without any recourse or any, um, you know, punishment is fucked up, man. And also, there are kids playing, you know, in 10 years or whatever, my son will be one of them, you know? And like the idea that he's going to be introduced to that toxic environment, like, I don't know, man. I don't want that. So, um, all those people can go fuck themselves, fuck right off. And,. I hope you get caught by the Sony people. And I wish when they caught you and banned you, they would publish your name, like your actual name and your user name. I think then you would find people would stop doing this shit pretty quickly because I don't know. There's, there are wonderful and horrible things about the guise of anonymity, man. And I don't know. It's one thing the internet has taught us, I guess.
1: It definitely brings, the ugliness out of people in a way that you just don't see in person
0: yeah absolutely people say shit they never would in reality or in to your face you know um lastly (laughs) i found this kind of funny and also slightly depressing other um another Entity that doesn't seem to get the point is uh, 2K Interactive because after trying to introduce ads into their games in NBA 2K20 last year, um, they're doing it again this year. Last year the backlash was so um, forceful and abrupt that they felt uh, <laughs> they felt they needed to, you know, reverse their action and they took the ads out. Well, we'll see what happens this time because. Uh, according to Brennan Sinclair over at gamesindustry.biz, where we pulled this article, uh, 2K has put in unskippable ads into their cutscenes
1: again this year. And EA just did that earlier this year in um, putting ads in UFC 4, the article reminds us about, which I think we yeah. covered on the show <laughs> when that happened. Um, but there wasn't big enough backlash to kind of pull those ads for EA. Um, so I'm hoping that there's a similar loud and clear message sent about that to, to 2k about NBA 2k 21 here.
0: Yeah. And better yet, it's for the, I guess it's for the Oculus quest is one of the ads, which is, which now with the Oculus quest two, you're required to have a Facebook login in order to, uh, Use it so mm-hmm. we're just you know, these bad things kind of grouped with another bad thing. And I, I mean, it, the idea doesn't really offend me too much, it's just that you know, this it's just kind of insidious, you know, and it just keeps going. They just find more ways to kind of bend you over and take more money from you, which just kind of irritates me. And you know, it's not going to the place where it should, which is the developers and, um, the people who do the actual work. So, uh, yeah, this shit irritates me a lot.
1: Yeah. Big publishers gonna big publish. (laughs) True. True. Um, Yeah.
0: Well, anything else you want to talk about, man?
1: No, I mean, let's do some mostly normal question time maybe. Okay. Well, the only with
0: the season that we're currently in, which is Halloween, not winter, um, I was trying to think of what my most cherished, loving Halloween memory was or something fun uh, that you experienced during the Halloween season. Do you have anything you can remember
1: off the top of your head or do you want me to regale you with my story first? Um, I just want to... Quick shout out the uh, Midwest's finest feature, which is when you get big snowstorms on Halloween. Um, And I have a distinct memory of it being snowing on a couple of Halloweens growing up and just needing to adjust the Halloween costume uh, by throwing a winter jacket over it and ruining the whole experience.
0: (laughs) Exactly.
1: Um, But just trick or treating with my my dad and my dad was amazing growing up uh and continues to be amazing and would take me and my little sisters out trick-or-treating every year and those are things that you just don't forget so um you yeah. know i can't point to any specific halloween but just the idea that my dad would march his three kids out every halloween is really awesome. nice
0: yeah man i always have fond memories of halloween and grubbing on candy and stuff uh i always loved christmas too when i was little but halloween was always up there it just Halloween kind of, well, I guess all holidays kind of lose some of their like glitz and glamor as you get older a little bit, I think, but, um, they lose
1: their sheen. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yes. Uh, there was one Halloween growing up in Nebraska where it snowed something fierce, man. Like it snowed like 10 or 12 inches in a day and they basically can't like on the weather report right they canceled halloween maybe they postponed (laughs) it i can't remember but they literally were like we're not doing halloween this year like nobody go out trick-or-treating because it's canceled and apparently my mom didn't get the memo because she was like my mom's not gung-ho halloween at all but i don't know if we were just like staunchly like we are going trick-or-treating this year or what but my mom sure enough like drug me and my friend all around town we were like the only two kids out during this snowstorm uh trick-or-treating and we just got so much freaking candy man because everybody was like well halloween's canceled according to the weather man so here just fill your thing with our can with our bin you know of candy and so we just like made out like bandits that year how Um, many pillowcases full would you I don't even remember God. that much specifics, but I feel like we brought several. Like more, <laughs> it was me and my friend, one friend, and we had. I think we had backups in the back of the car, so I know we each did more than one each. So, uh, yeah, and like a lot of people weren't participating. Even the houses that we went to weren't handing out candy, but uh, sure. the ones that were were like, "Here, take," basically all of it, and yeah, that was a good time.
1: You know, it it did just jog my memory of kind of like my favorite part of the Halloween routine after trick or treating is like sitting down, sorting out all of the candy you had, and then trading the ones you didn't like with siblings (laughs) or with that you were out trick or treating with. And I just had like a vivid flashback to that that feeling and that moment of like, okay, now it's time to get down to business. Let's start exactly, (laughs) yeah. Dump it all out on the floor. You got to get that good, like hard candy exchange rate for the yeah. Jolly Ranchers. I <laughs> don't feel like Jolly Ranchers were a common Halloween candy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh man, good times. We have yet to take my son trick or treating, man, because he was too young, pretty much the first year, and then he's been sick the last two, and now oh my goodness, it's the
1: Rona time. So we'll who knows. You got to find the houses with the uh, candy slides that they're going to drop candy down to you through. Like. <laughs> I don't know if I want that to be
0: his first trick-or-treating experience. The candy linkemic. Yeah, exactly. Is this what it's always like, Dad? Yes, we always people are always horrified behind their home doors, afraid that you were gonna they were gonna contract a deadly disease from you, so they well, slid candy underneath the door in hopes that
1: you would just go away. People do always wear masks though, so it won't be that different. That's
0: true. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> Oh my, gosh. uh, well, yeah. Anyway, we'll get out of the airwaves for the day. Um, if anybody out there has any thoughts for us or wants to chime in with a question, feel free to hit us up at MN gamers podcast on Twitter or podcast at mostly We will be patiently waiting for your, um, inputs. And then remember to head over to our website, mostly normal and sign up for our newsletter for next month. If you want to reach out with to me specifically, you can hit me up at Johnny Sampsonite on Twitter
1: and Chris, where can people find you? I am at VG occasion on Twitter. Um, I want to encourage our listeners because we have a little bit of lead time here. And I think this would be really cool um, to write in with Halloween memories or stories and I think it would be really fun to leave some time at the end of the post that would go up on the 30th. So two episodes from this one, I think to read through some of those, if people have stories they want to share, but I don't know. It's that up would to the listeners awesome. to send some, send some love and send some stuff in. It would be really cool. I would love to hear some, some nostalgia waxing uh, about Halloween from everyone.
0: Yeah. I'm sure there are lots of good stories out there, man. So send them our way.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, and you can, uh, (laughs) you can reach AJ if you want to. He had his teeth removed, I guess, and he's being a little bitch.
1: Was it like a root canal or something?
0: Yeah, yeah. Whatever. (laughs) I've heard the, I've heard those are quite painful. So I don't blame him. And he said it was just yesterday. Man, I'm surprised he was game to like. We didn't even hear that he wasn't going to record till later maybe. today. I'm surprised he wasn't like, "Dude, I had a root canal yesterday, so I'm out." I was maybe a, it was like, the yeah, pain dude, meds, get it. John. I think it was yeah. the
1: pain meds. <laughs> he was like, "I'm, I'm, I'm ready kinda, to go."
0: <laughs> yeah, I kind of wanted to encourage him to drop a couple of oxycodone and jump on the airwaves <laughs> with us and see what he has to say, because <laughs> I'm sure it would be interesting. But anyway, uh, if you want to send him good good vibes and get well soon messages. He is at AJ underscore ID which his last name is E-I-D-E on the Twitterverse so you can reach out to him there if you like. And with that, we will catch y'all next week.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye!